You know, we're really lucky to get this guy because I read his stuff all the time on Town Hall. Jonathan Belchin lives in Israel. He is there now as a son-in-law and son currently serving in the IDF. He's also the uh, gentleman who came up with Genesis 1-2-3 Foundation, which is a way of bringing Jews and Christians together. We're going to talk a lot about that. Let's talk about right now um, two things. One is I heard that there's more movement going on in the north, which is where you're at, Jonathan, and I appreciate you joining me here. What's what, what's the state of uh, the state right now where you're at? What's going on? Yeah. Well, actually, I, I live just south of Jerusalem in the Judean Mountains. Um, we, we started out the first day, like much of Israel, with rockets on October 6th. Um, you're right that the North has definitely been heating up, and uh, our, our one of our uh, cabinet members, who's also a, a former uh, chief of staff, Army in general, um, has made it clear to the U.S. that we're going to probably have to be taking some more action in Lebanon. Yeah, today uh, I have an app on my phone that tells me any rockets are fired, where they're fired from, when drones are being sent in. And I have to say at one point, I don't remember, just a few hours ago, my phone kind of blew up with a huge number of alerts up in the north uh, for incoming uh, rockets and uh, almost at the same time. Um, so definitely heating up. And the only thing we don't know is if and when that's really, pun intended, but when that's really going to explode. You know, uh, uh, ben, Benjamin Netanyahu said yesterday uh, and over the weekend, he, he had two points. He said, first, we've got to settle what's going on in the south before we uh, realign our troops to the north. And that may have been the wrong thing to say because mm -hmm. they're taking advantage of that. And the other thing that he said, which I thought was right, real striking, uh, and I actually thought it was uh, a sign that maybe things could get better, is that Netanyahu's offered for Hamas soldiers to just give up. You know, if you want to surrender, it'll make things easier for you, and we can we can move on to start repairing Gaza, which I thought was a, a pretty important statement that not, nobody in the West wanted to tr repeat. Uh, but is that how you took it, that he, he's ready to end this and start helping the Palestinians get their life back in order? I'm, I think so. Um, it's a little bit surprising because, I mean, it depends on what kind of terms. Surrender... The, the way of the war is twofold, to crush Hamas and, and, and make Hamas incapable of ruling Gaza ever again, number one. And, and, but that doesn't mean that they don't have tentacles elsewhere, along with the Iranians. The Yemenis are also heating up uh, and Hezbollah. But the peace, of course, is bringing home all the hostages. And there are about 140 people, whether they're dead or alive, who, who are still being held hostage by uh by by Hamas in Gaza, uh, I thought it was unusual that he would say that. It it, it may be a, a hat tip to say, yeah, I'm going to be as willing as possible to end this as soon as possible and make it seem like it's on terrorists, which it always has been. You know, if they just let go of the uh, hostages and, and um, stop firing rockets, we could live in peace. We had a peaceful uh, coexistence until. October 7th. Um, I don't know what's behind that. I think some of these statements are meant for public concern overseas more than uh, more than actually military strategy. We did have the defense minister here repeat that on national TV here last night. Last, yesterday on my program, I said that the world uh, needs to unite around uh, Israel and, and make it plain that Hamas can no longer exist. They must be stopped. Iran 
uh, must get the message. This is why, even though it's tragic and it's heartbreaking to see the devastation, I understand the motive uh, for, for most Jewish people in the state of Israel. They don't want to see this ever again. And sometimes you have to take extreme measures. And I actually believe that the Palestinians themselves, uh, if they thought about it for a moment, their life would be much better if, if they could be ruled by the Jewish state. And, of course, everybody say, oh, you can't have that. That's not fair. That's... But, but, ladies and gentlemen, Israel is one of the most open democracies in the Middle East, which we've talked sure. about before. And I believe that the, the internal pressure, it has to come from within, that the Palestinians themselves must push Hamas out and know that they have brought this on them. And that's the message, I think, that has, that has to be exerted by not only the U.S., but the U.N. and everybody else. Now, you also have noted, um, and you can comment on that, but you've also noted that you're amazed at the outpouring of sympathy for uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the Israelis. Talk about that a little bit with me. Well, actually, it's funny you say that. Today, I just submitted an article to Town Hall. It hasn't been po posted yet, and then Town Hall, and then tomorrow or later to others. But it talks about exactly that point. Um, we are seeing—I wouldn't say sympathy, but say solidarity—with Israel and the Jewish people, particularly from Christians, and we're seeing from all over the world. And I've made a statement, and I stand by it, that I think that we're seeing at a record high. Now, a lot of things we count the record number of home runs and, and all kinds of other things that establish records. There's no way to actually uh, uh, tabulate the, the, the support for Israel coming from Christians all over the world, but I do believe it's at a record high. When I say that, and this is a to note, I'm not talking about a record high in 75 years of the existence of the state of Israel. I'm talking about a high since the first century, since, since um, the birth of the church. Um, there's been a lot of risks in the past between Jews and Christians, mostly that we've been persecuted by, quote-unquote, the church. Um, but that's changed, and, and people see that this is black and white, that there's good and there's evil. Uh, people, Christians also know that it's the same terrorists who massacred us, who have done it to Christians throughout the Middle East and Yazidis and don't have any more respect for Christians. And this is drawing us together. And, you know, that's we're, we're, we're at the end of Hanukkah. Where, where we notice how the light overcomes the darkness, and it's nighttime here right now as we're speaking, and we're just about to go light our Hanukkah candles, and it does. And I hate that we're drawn together by the horrors that we're suffering right now, but I'm, but I'm thrilled and blessed personally that we're being drawn together the way we are. You know, there's such a touching statement that you said, and I, and I, believe, it, it, you know, there is a spiritual bond between Jew and Christian, I don't think that could ever really be broken. And I think uh, the reason for that is is Christ. Uh, he, he, you know, I, I don't know if anybody else in the room has ever said this, but uh, his un incarnation was that he was Jewish. He could have, maybe he would have been Egyptian. Correct. You know, so I mean, I, that's a bond that will never break. And and the first Christians were Jews. Right. So, I, you know, there's so much. It's such a rich, rich history that we have. Uh, how is your family? And, and by the way, if it hadn't been for Hanukkah, we wouldn't have had it just because the, the enemies then would have destroyed us spiritually yeah. um, as well. So it's a, and, and, and it's in John. You know, it's not even in the Hebrew Scriptures. It's in John where we read about Jesus celebrating Hanukkah here in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. That's right. 
All right, very good. And your family, uh, how are they? Everybody okay? Keeping cool heads? Your, your wife must be going nuts. We're all on edge, to be honest. Uh, my son has been uh, in Gaza now for eight or nine days, and, um, and 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 yesterday was a funeral of one of the soldiers in his unit, um, who we learned today was actually there where, where the fighting was going on. My son was. Um, that's scary. That's scary. It's scary um, on all levels, and as a parent, it's unnerving. I can't imagine. Not in touch with your kids yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> i don't sleep very well i, I would um, imagine not the last couple yeah. of months. you're right up on the edge of the apocalypse you know all right jonathan feldstein so much thank you very much genesis 123 foundation is his organization bridging jews and christians worldwide and uh, as he says now is the time for prayer now is the time for prayer so jonathan be safe we'll see you back here on speaking out hopefully in the next week or two and happy Hanukkah. Great. Thank you. God bless you. God bless and, you. And Merry Christmas. Coming up in a moment, we're going to talk about more about, I think, the indictment and, and what's in store for Biden. And uh, there's some comments that Steve Scalise made uh, a little earlier today about just how Biden has taken what was once a great country and completely gutted it in such a short amount of time. And now we're all paying for it. And the interesting about that. Uh, is that if Trump would focus just on that story, well, maybe he is focusing on that story, and maybe that's why he's at a 50% approval rate. So we'll get to all that and more right here on Speaking Out America. I am JR. Jim Watkins. We'll be right back. <laughs> 